For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Our chat system connects the Newcastle community with its public forums for supporters globally, as well as private chats with your mates. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. was on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon I took the bus from Barbaras She was heavy laden And away we went along Collingwood Street That's on the road to Bladen Oh, we love Hello and welcome to CHN Radio episode 128 I'm your host Greg Troxell You can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg. It's a Wednesday. Congrats, you made it halfway through the week in this really weird coronavirus world. Uh, we are bringing more Newcastle news, updating you on the takeover and talking about some player interviews and trivia and questions and all kinds of stuff. Uh, but first, you have to bring in the star, the main attraction, the best damn host in the land, Elijah Newsom. What's up? I'm excited to be here. Um, you can follow me on the Twitters at Elijah underscore Newsome. And shout out to, to all the folks who've been following the main account at CHN underscore radio. We made a big announcement since the last time we were we were together, friends. And so we might have some new listeners. So uh, shout out to them. The new announcement is we're doing a little Zoom, 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 Zoom party. That was me lacking English for a second there. Doing a big Zoom party when this takeover is announced. I know everyone's tired of talking about the takeover. We just want it to happen already. And when it happens, there will be an official hashtag cans live Zoom podcast experience. Greg, should we even tease who we have? Or, or do we just want to just surprise the people with who, who's no, already let's, said yes? Let's tease it. Okay. Let's, let's do it. Well, well, the obvious is Warren Barton, who's an absolute legend. Oh, I thought you were going to say Graham Bell, but I mean, both <laughs> of those are obvious. Uh, yeah, Warren's an absolute legend. He's been on this podcast, I don't know how many times, and he's just always willing and like, you just got to love him for that. He's going to be on the, on the live show, so you better interact with him. We'll just go one for one. Go ahead, Elijah. Who you got? Um, another one uh, is a personal friend of mine, someone who I actually was just on the phone with the other day. One, Roberto Rojas will be a part of this as well. Giving your Miggy takes. Yes, giving his <laughs> Miggy takes as well. I I mean, he's, there's a good chance maybe that he'll have spoken to Miggy before we do that. What do you think? No. <laughs> okay, no. Uh, um, his family? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, he's, been, he's actually been quite busy uh, doing some stuff with uh, BN Sports. He's actually just released a new video with them. But anyway, that's not the point. Greg, who else do you got? Uh, Graham Bell, <laughs> we already said. Um, so we have Alex Hurst from True okay. Faith and the NUFC sure. Supporters Trust. Mm. Uh, War Flags, I know if you're an OG, yeah. you know that one of our first uh, interviews was with War Flags. and we That was actually one of the most fascinating interviews I think I've done personally. Because it was just like they gave us the behind the, the guy gave us the behind the scenes on just like some of the craziest matches that he'd been to, the logistics behind everything. But they'll be a part of this as well. Who else you got? Chris Woff and potentially, well, it's still in the air, so I, maybe I shouldn't. I, I yeah, won't d- say 
Chris yeah. Woff is it? Chris Woff um, of the Athletic, friend of the pod. <laughs> yeah, friend of the pod as well. Um, and then another uh, main, not mainstay, but another friend, Kristen Hennage, who we had on. Uh, wow, back when we were playing football, yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. back when he did a whole preview episode with us, and that was yeah. fun. Uh, he's a Newcastle fan based in New York City right now. Excellent writer. Definitely read some of his stuff. He's been featured with MLS.com, Washington Post. The, you name it, he's been in it. So yeah. I'm excited that he's the main part of it. Who else? Um, 13-year MLS veteran. Oh. Four-time best MLS 11. Oh. 2005 MLS Defender of the Year. Mm. 27 caps of the United States men's national soccer team. Okay. And played in the 2006 FIFA World Cup. Massive Newcastle United fan. Massive. Drum roll. <laughs> Jimmy Conrad. <laughs> yes. Jimmy, Jimmy Conrad. Conrad. And I guess to roll things out, the close things out, um, two, two, two groups. One, and one. obviously, the False Nines will make an appearance, I think. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they're, they're a part of the CHN radio family, so they'll be a part of it. Um, and then, of course, I know everyone is just dying to hear – the the hottest takes so brian nelson will be a part of this <laughs> we'll we'll definitely like maybe we'll just have him appear no and, he's like, going what's going to happen is we're gonna like i'm surprised it hasn't happened yet i think it's because brian's assuming he's already part of it is that we'll be building it building out like the schedule and stuff in our slack channel and brian's gonna be like where am i in this and we'll have to be like all right here, Brian, you can say something at the top. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and and just for some of the listeners, too, because I know, like, you love us, obviously. It's apparent. But you're not going to be signing on to this thing to listen to us. Um, so we're aware of that. But we're, we're, we're obviously going to be a part of it and hosting it and, like, having a lot of fun. There will be two, two shows. There will be the hour show with all those guests. And then there will be like a strictly canned show after it, where it's just going to be rowdy. Oh yeah, um, so, tequila is encouraged. Yeah, so make sure you follow us at chn underscore radio because uh, when the takeover is announced, I'm saying when uh, that we'll, we'll provide more updates pretty quickly after that. Yeah, uh, we'll, so, it'll be a string of tweets. Yep, yep. So but, make sure you follow. We got you. And speaking of that, uh, be sure to check out the main site, comminghomenewcastle.com. That's the whole reason this podcast exists. Greg and I wouldn't know each other, despite being in the same city. We would not have known each other um, with if it wasn't for Coming Home Newcastle. But yeah, that's where all of us write uh, delicious stories about um, Newcastle United. And follow the account at Coming Home NUFC. And then check out the site. And I say check out the site because today we had a new writer. Yeah. And he, talk about it. Talk about it. Uh, he just brought the fire. Um, and so uh, we're excited to announce that Andy Hayes has joined the Coming Home Newcastle family. And he's big, a big, just a massive human being. Uh, if if Joel Linton doesn't work out, let's get Andy up top. He's six foot seven, a massive human being. And Could he probably wrote, win a few aerial duels. <laughs> yeah. And he wrote something, especially coming off the heels of like a very emotional Zoom town hall that happened last night that we don't really need to get into. Um, Andy wrote an excellent piece, uh, just talking about, you know, what it means to be a fan to him and just like how, how this is affecting this whole takeover is affecting his fandom and what that looks like for him, et cetera, et cetera. It resonated very well with a lot of people. Um, 
it's gotten a lot of traction. So uh, if you haven't already, check out check it out. You can find it on ComingHomeNewcastle.com or just by following either one of us on Twitter because I'm sure we both retweeted it. So I'm sure Greg said where he you could follow him because he always does. Yeah, I did. Um, cool. No, didn't. I did. Uh, and if you didn't hear it, rewind it and listen to everything all over again to make sure you fully understand. So we'll get into it now. Uh, the first thing that I want to talk about is it's kind of it, – I thought it was extremely interesting, uh, the player interviews that we saw in the past week. So since the last podcast, last Wednesday, uh, Jamal Sells, John Joe Shelby, and Matt Ritchie have all specifically given interviews that were, like, very telling. Um, there was more players, but I wanted to highlight these three because they're specifically Newcastle-related. Like, DeAndre Yedlin was interviewed, and, yeah, like, talked about Newcastle a bit, but kind of shied away to it, talked about his past career and – U.S. men's national team and things. Um, yeah. So the first thing I want to talk about is LaSalle's. I'm just talking about, like, he, he kind of spoke a lot about, like, the key factors around, like, the 2017, or really since 2017 and finishing 10th in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So, and, and one of the things that stood out to me was how he was just saying that there was no individuals. Like, it was a legit team. And they wanted, like, they wanted the club to do well the season that they finished 10th. Um and like he said, like just talking about how they like always rallied around the supporters and, and no matter how tough it was, like they felt the fans energy and the fans passion and they like just took it to the next level and were able to get results. Um, and then he said this quote uh, with the manager we had tactically, we knew we were always spot on. We had a lot of clean sheets and didn't concede any goals. The games we weren't the, the games we won weren't three Oh or four Oh, but it was enough to get it done. And that's like, just if you watched Rafa Benitez Newcastle United, that is so true of, of what exactly happened. <laughs> uh, do you have anything to add from his interview? Um, no, I, I. Well, there was one thing. Someone said, "Like, touch your face if uh, if there's if cans are true." And Jamal Sells not really one paying attention to the Instagram comments, and two probably not knowing what cans meant did in fact touch his face. Um, so confirmed. How we old is will... Lascelles? Lascelles is what twenty five. Yeah, he knows what Kansas. I but okay. I will say this as someone who has used Instagram Live, he definitely like. There's a delay with like the comments. He didn't yeah, see that. He didn't. But see it. we would we would like to believe that he touched his face in response <laughs> to Kansas. And there, yeah, there's been some interesting stuff. Like Man United fans have done the same thing. Like there was a, a I think it was Jesse Lingard or Anthony Martial. That like if someone was like touch your face if like such and such is coming to United and they touched their face. I think it was like <laughs> Kai Verts or Timo Werner, maybe one of them. But but it was it's you know it's Instagram. It's not real. Don't take it too seriously. But yeah, it, I think you hit everything spot on there. Um, who's the next guy you want to talk about? Uh, Matt Ritchie. Thought this was oh. the most interesting of the interviews. He definitely um, had some quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he talked a lot about uh, just just around Newcastle, and he even said, and the quote was, "Newcastle was a shambles when he signed." So he said, like we we had a spine of the team, we had good players already there, and uh, Isaac Hayden, Kieran Clark, Dwight Gale were all there. Um, and he said that when he's like he'd been at Burnmouth and everything was so religious in terms of like vitamins they were taking everything was so regimented and the the exact quote was i went to newcastle i have to be honest it was like this is a shambles here 
some players didn't want to be here. At Burnmouth, it was a tight-myth group, and everybody wanted to do so well, so I was a bit bamboozled. Um, he said that uh, he mentioned the, the kiddie pools, and uh, he mentioned Las Vegas. Remember, they were supposed to go to Las Vegas? Yeah. Uh, he said the dressing room was saying, we're done, or talking about going to Las Vegas, and how they just never went. Uh, it was just like, you could tell that there was a lot of disappointment, like, from him and like now that that opens a whole new world because we don't necessarily give players the benefit of the doubt or credit or at all when they say like they want to leave newcastle well look look what they're dealing with every day and which has been created by mike ashley compared to what they could be dealing with every day and making the same amount of money and i think this all kind of all proves that it a lot of them are really in it for one either the manager or the fans um, and I think that's been kind of proven proven time and time again. Every single one of these guys has praised um, the fans and feeding off the energy of the fans, and they all have expressed a lot of delight with, with both managers, Steve Bruce and Rafa. Um, Steve Bruce, obviously not for the same reasons as Rafa. I think everyone respected Rafa as being this master tactician and just like being able to see the club at its most successful given the talent he had. And uh, Steve Bruce has been more of a player's manager, obviously. Um, not really the best tactically, we could say. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of insane to think, like, especially when you look at guys like, for example, an Alan St. Maxman, who was a very hot prospect in France. And honestly, at the end of the season, um, could go anywhere he really wanted to, and you could make a, a, a decent case that he could at least contend for a, a, a position in the, in the starting eleven. And yet he's still very loyal to Newcastle and partially because like the fans gas him up so much and they love him to death. Like, I, I mean, it, you have to admit, like it, it's hard for, for him to walk into a training pitch, especially coming from Nice and coming into Newcastle and then having to deal with kiddie pools and all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's, I mean, Greg and I talk about this all the time, the need for an upgrade of the facilities and the need for an owners who care. And I mean, that's, that's kind of, the reason everyone's so excited about this takeover is that yeah. you know all of the negative parts about Newcastle kind of go away. You get the best training staff, you get the best nutritionists, you get all that because you you can afford it, and your ownership cares enough to actually make the investment. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um, do you have anything else from Matt Richie? I do have one other quote that I saw that NFC 360 tweeted. Out uh, that was if hilarious. what's the quote about Sissoko and Wijnaldum? No. Okay, so I'll mention that. You can talk about that, yeah. Yeah, so he kind of talked about how unhappy Sissoko and Wijnaldum were when uh, they were at Newcastle and how they were just, like, irking to leave. And and we can go back, like, as a fan, completely understandable for you to be mad at either of those players. But um, just remember, when you get mad at them, remember what they were dealing with every day. Like, imagine the facilities at Liverpool and imagine the facilities at Spurs. Like most people would make that decision <laughs> to switch, um, and he I mean, said Sissoko was. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say Sissoko was there for essentially the decline of the club. Yeah, I mean Sissoko's seen kind of the best of the Mike Ashley area era and the worst of it. Kind of, kind of, <laughs> and he, that's what I was saying. Kind of more of the like worst, a lot more of the worst, more of the worst. But he's yes. seen Europe, but like he's seen Europe and like he understands what this club could be to an extent. And then he's seen, I think it's more of like for him, it was years and years of just like, he's seen the neglect from the ownership. And there's definitely things players have asked for. When we talk about like 
excuse me, Vegas being one thing, there is this that season also what people forgot about. The whole reason that the, the players were promised a trip to Vegas was because at the beginning of the season there was a wage dispute. Like there was like an issue with players like not getting paid and things like that, and broken promises. Not not sorry, not players not getting paid, but a ton of broken promises as it regards to bonuses and things from the year before. And they like two seasons in a row, Newcastle players threatened to like just like not play unless Mike Ashley followed through on some of his promises. And I'm sure Sissoko experienced more of the same earlier on in his Newcastle career. And then if you look at the case of Wijnaldum, I mean, you're talking about a guy who was sold a dream yeah. and none of that came to fruition. And I mean, I'm extremely happy for the both of them. Um, I honestly, like, I think the the deal for Sissoko, hilarious, like how much money we made off that deal given his status at Tottenham. Insane that we didn't charge more for Wijnaldum. But, yeah. I mean, he's he's very good. Yep. Uh, then oh, and and the quote that he wanted to say. Um, and uh, this was an interesting quote. Um, Matt Ritchie uh, had an all-time quote. He said, "If John Joe Shelby had his head screwed on, he could uh, play for Barcelona. That's how good he is." How did I forget and, that? Um, one? Yeah, I mean, we've said it. <laughs> we want a consistent John Joe Shelby, and I think I've gotten to the point where. I've just admitted that we're never going to see the best of John Joe Shelby. I just don't think it's ever going to happen. Like, he, I think he's had the this opportunity the to be a con- yeah. I mean, like he's had the opportunity to be the best he could be. He's had the opportunity. He's been given the best possible manager possible to get the best out of him, and he wasn't great. Yeah. He's been given an excellent midfield partner in Isaac Hayden, who literally does all the dirty work so John Joe can just focus on what he's good at and he hasn't been his best. He's been actually now given an influx of attacking talent to go around him. He's had not only, you know, Miguel Amaron and, and Alan St. Maxman this season, but dare we say it in seasons past, Iose Perez and Solomon Rondon, and still we haven't seen the best of John Joe Shelby. I think this is the best of John Joe Shelby. Like he's just going to be a player that you're always going to say you know, if if he puts it all together, he could be this. And there's always players like that in every sport. And, I mean, unfortunately, that's what it is for John Joe. Love the lad. But if we're talking about a new regime, a new ownership, I'd be shocked if he's still a part of the, a part of the picture, just given his age and just his inconsistency throughout his time here in Newcastle. Yeah, so speaking of John Joe, that's the last player I wanted to focus on is his interview. And I mainly wanted to focus on him talking about Jack Colback. So I didn't know this, but John Joe and Colback are really close, like really good friends mm. uh, to the point where John Joe was asked about his dream 11 that he would play with. And they, then they talked about specifically like, who's your dream pairing in the box? And he, he listed Colback as, as the 11 players he's played with it throughout his career for it, for it was uh, with in the box was doing the interview. That's crazy. He said Jack Colback would be his dream playmaker. He's um, played with Sung, Sung Young Ki twice, he didn't say Sung. <laughs> um, yeah, and he said that he talked about a lot of the battles that him and Colback have because they naturally are against each other in practice as well and said that um, like he is the best training partner that you could ask for, that he's so good. Um, he was a big key into, into getting us promoted. And they asked him about like what's happened. And this was his quote. He said, there's a, there's a reason that it happened, which I can't really go into because it was probably to do with Rafa. And Rafa sort of killed him, to be honest with you. 
but he's one of them where he comes in and trains with us now. Like that's what he that's he just told it like it is. But one thing about Jack that was surprising, he lives in Nottingham and takes the train three hours every day to travel to practice. Like that's crazy. And they, he said, and he talked a lot about that. He said, like uh, he said this quote uh, when he was when he went to Forest and that was on loan. Uh, he said he misses his kids, he misses his family, and he travels on the train in Newcastle every morning from Nottingham, and then plays his butt off. And like he knows, he doesn't say like, "No, I'm not doing that," and he knows he's not going to play, and he knows that the club isn't bothered about like whether or not he turns up to training, but he does it anyway, and he works his butt off every time. Uh, so he said he still comes in and puts it in every day, and I think hats off to him. But as a player and what he's used to do obviously win the ball and just give me five yard passes next to me so I can go and do my stuff. That was a big thing in the championship and why we succeeded in the championship. So it, it would, it really pres- provided me with a completely new perspective on Jack Colback. Cause you think of a player like him and Henri Sauvé and Lazar when he was here, uh, he's on loan now, but uh, like you just think they're just kind of like sitting on their butt all the time. But like Colback was just behind the scenes, like working his butt off, like, traveling three hours one way to practice like that's yeah. respect yeah i have to respect it it also puts puts the idea like just because a player doesn't cut in the premier league doesn't mean they're not a great player mm-hmm. like Colback is probably like Colback could probably be the captain and dominate any championship team he wants to just based on his play style and like i think john joe hit it spot on is that like I think I could understand why there's a little bit of animosity towards Rafa because in the championship, like, all callback needed to do was win the ball and play the pass to John Joe Shelby. But when you're in the Premier League, you're you're inherently asked to do more as a midfielder. There's no midfielder in the Premier League that doesn't have the passing ability to, to play the ball beyond five yards or look for, you know, the best option in terms of, you know, outlets and et cetera, et cetera. And, I mean, callback as great as he is as a, as a training partner. And I could see why, especially, you know, given, you know, him going up against John Joe and stuff, I could see why Rafa was like, dude, you're not going to cut in the premier league because like, if he only is playing these, you know, short kind of passes, playing the safe route, it's not going to cut it. And especially in a, in a team that doesn't get many chances. So it's unfortunate how the things work out, but I mean, I'm sure wherever Jack ends up at the end of this He's going to be fine. He's going to be doing well. I mean, hopefully it's with Forrest, and hopefully he's able yeah. to spend time with his family and all that good stuff. And, I, I mean, I hope to see him, you know, do very well. Same with everyone, Saive, Alcroft Lazar, et cetera, et cetera. I do have another quote from that interview that NFC 360 tweeted out. Um, and John Joe said, I do think – I do eventually think Martin Dubrovka will get a massive, massive move to a top European club. And we've talked about this a ton on this podcast – uh, Martin Dubrovka is very good, and there's been a lot of clubs that have been interested in him uh, to be their their keeper. And I mean, I think pre takeover, I would have agreed with John Joe Shelby. I would have thought that he would have been gone after this season. I think this season was insane season for him. Newcastle faced uh, the most shots on target of any team in the Premier League, and he we were fourth in clean sheets. Um, Dubrovka was fourth in clean sheets. So just. That he's that's how good he is. Yeah. Um, but under the prospect of new ownership, maybe Dubrovka sticks around and he doesn't get that move to PSG or Juventus like he's been linked to in the past. Just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. 
Sips tea. Sips tea. Uh, all right. You got anything else on these interviews? No. Okay. So let's move on to the Premier League. Uh, Project Restart made some movement there. Uh, there was a ton of reports going out there of what's going to happen. Uh, one thing I heard is they are planning to restart. There's going to be like, I don't know, multiple venues that will all be used as neutral site matches to finish out the season. There's even some reporters that even went as far to say as the season will finish in Australia where all the teams will just go there, which I don't believe at all. Yeah, um, that's a bit far-fetched. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Elijah, what have you heard? What's What do you think is realistic? What do you think is a joke besides the Australia thing? Um, what's your thoughts? And, um, yeah. and then secondly, I'll say, how do you want it to end? How do you want them to do it? I think so. So there's a couple things of note here. So first and foremost, I think the the first issue, I mean, and to me, I'm, I think I've shared this with you. I'm pretty indifferent on this. Um, but then I could see just after listening to what you said about all the players and what they think, blah, blah, blah. I could see, you know, why I should feel more passionate about this. But um, the first thing is neutral sites. That's probably the, the first thing that was a huge uh, topic of discussion, a big debate point for a lot of clubs, particularly uh, clubs in the, the bottom half of the league. Um, the bottom six, a lot of clubs, Brighton being one of them, kind of leading the charge, they wrote the initial letter, are very much against neutral site uh, uh, matches because obviously it takes away the idea of a home field advantage. Now, if you're Norwich and you're at the bottom of the table, I don't really know, like, I don't see how, I, I don't I don't get your argument there because it's like, you guys are like so far at the bottom that like, nothing could really help you guys besides just awarding them points. Um, but it's it's caused a lot of debate um, because essentially uh, the, they're saying if you want to do neutral sites, then like this season shouldn't count. Like there should be no relegation. And the flip side of that is a lot of pundits are saying, well, if there's no relegation, then there's no point in playing the Premier League season at all. Like don't finish out the season. There's not going to be any relegation. So I think that's kind of the big point that I'm, I'm kind of struggling with in navigating is like, all right, well, there's a bunch of teams that have a very good point of like, hey, we shouldn't finish the season neutral site wise um, because if we do that, then it's not fair. But on the other hand, it's like if you don't finish the season out, then like the season just doesn't finish and you don't have a champion. You don't have anyone who's relegated, et cetera, et cetera. And it just opens up a can of worms, especially when you consider like, you know, whatever the Premier League does, like the championship has to follow as well, or it just doesn't work. And, you know, none of this is realistic for league one or league two. Like they need revenue and their revenue is ticket sales. So it's, it's very interesting. That was my initial thoughts on it. And I guess you can kind of expand upon anything you have. Yeah, so I I think like yeah for for a club like Newcastle and they're traveling so far for any away match at this point, and they rely on on the home matches. I mean, if you look at any of our wins and losses and you compare it to home versus away, it's a no brainer that Newcastle are way better playing at home. So like, why would they why would they want to go and play in a neutral site where they're not? I mean, even against even with no fans there, it seems kind of pointless like like why would newcastle want to play that and risk because we're not safe like there's there's a chance if they do a restart that newcastle do end up in the bottom three because we're so bad away from home like we're just not that good of a team um and then like 
you we just spend a whole bunch of time talking about facilities and whatnot. And like, so all these all these clubs say we restart, all these clubs are going to go to like their first class facilities, like best of the best. And we're going to go to kiddie pools and like ice carts and like have to get into playing shape. Like it's a complete, yeah. it's an obvious disadvantage for Newcastle if that were to happen. So I can't, I completely understand why like people like, especially within Newcastle are against us. Um, that's just mm-hmm. my like personal opinion that I don't think it should happen either. I think they should follow like what the Netherlands have done and what France have done. And just like say the season's over, like that's it, and that yeah. way, and and it's part selfish because Newcastle's safe at this point, but uh, like you know, I I don't want that. I I fear for if they restart it for that reason. Like we're not going to be in Newcastle. Like the team uses the energy of our fan base to like perform well, and we just mm-hmm. I, I I actually am afraid if that happens for Newcastle. Yeah, there, there's definitely a fear there um i mean and the the issue is that like whatever you do no one's going to be happy right like and that's that's kind of my stance on it is that regardless of what you do no one's going to be happy i mean everyone's like oh but league uh, but i mean what people aren't talking about is that like eventually in league uh um there's going to be some lawsuits as to who gets relegated etc etc same with air like there's going to be people who are going to be upset and it's a weird time. And honestly, we've never faced this um, ever in modern football. So there really is no right answer. Yeah. Um, But the good news for Newcastle is that all they would need is like five points. Yeah. And I mean, let's see, you would say, you say that's all they need. You you say that's all they need, but like, I mean, five (laughs) points, it's, (laughs) It, under Steve Bruce five Ball. no home matches five yeah. points uh yeah. so i i can't remember the last time i looked at the schedule but we have it would be Sheffield United Aston Villa Burnmouth West Ham Manchester City Watford Spurs Brighton Liverpool and Manchester City oh sorry the last Manchester City is FA Cup disregard that we end on Liverpool um so like, yeah, like, in a regular season, I definitely believe we can get five points from those matches. But neutral, it's like, I don't know. Like, who knows? Who knows what's yeah, going to happen? Yeah, it, it's, that's the other thing, though, is who knows in general. Like, I mean, there could be just a lot of teams that play much worse in neutral. I, I don't know. It's weird. Um, but on that note, um, I think it's important for us to recognize that there's been some other leagues that have made some some movement Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, – getting back to playing um bundesliga is currently planning on returning may 15th yeah uh so they are going to be fully back um shout out fox sports i'm definitely gonna I think, watch so much i'm about that. to say fox sports is actually i think the only i mean espn is now broadcasting korean baseball um but that's at night yeah in and on the east coast it's like at 1 a.m and like 4 a.m ridiculous it's time korean time, so. korean baseball yeah, so, I mean, but um, I think Fox Sports, I was talking about this earlier, they might be the only, like, you know, channel in America that's going to be broadcasting live sports um, in the foreseeable future because NASCAR is returning May 8th and uh, and as well as, obviously, Bundesliga. Um, so that's that's one thing. Um, and then we're talking about returning to training. Uh, MLS is returning to training with individual workouts when this podcast drops. So whenever you're listening to this, yeah. There are teams, including in my great state of Atlanta, oh, sorry, in my great state of Georgia, where we have just ignored every single provision regarding this virus. 
there will be people training um, individually. I um, some sort of social distancing measures, yeah. I'm sure, but it'll be interesting to see. So there are leagues that are that are edging towards returning, but right now the Premier League's trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do because again, there's this safety concern. There is also a letter to the uh, this is via the Athletic from a bunch of doctors saying it's not safe to return, um, especially given the fact that if you look at Germany and where they are with testing, you look at the rest of the world. There's no comparison. Germany has the capacity to, te- to test and contain much better than anyone else, which is why the Bundesliga is coming back. We look at America, you look at the UK. We haven't really, we don't, we're not at that state yet. So yeah. it is, it's an interesting time, man. And it's, as you, as I've already said, we've never been in this situation before. And no, no one's going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah. Well, we're overdue for a break. We'll take one real quick. And then... We'll talk to you about some takeover updates. Uh, So let's do that right now. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, so let's, let's talk about the takeover. Wait, wait. Can I interrupt you? Because I've just realized that there was a whole story that happened that we just didn't talk about. What? Before we get into serious business, there was some Twitter beef. Between? Richarlson and Alan St. Maximin that occurred last week. Oh, we didn't even talk about this? Yes, we didn't talk because it happened. It literally happened the day we came out. But I mean, it happened the day we we came out, though. That's I'm pretty sure it happened last. It's so Wednesday. on brand for us to talk about like that too. So we, yeah, we have to. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we do have to talk about. It. So for those who've been living underneath the rock, so um, some random like Premier League fanboy account made this whole poll about just basically like a lot of the young stars in the in the Premier League, and like it was basically like you vote want like who's the better player. And, you know, it was like Anthony Martial and Rich Charleston and Alan St. Maximin and all the fun, flashy, under-23-year-old players that everyone loves to talk about. And everyone loves to debate who's the best, blah, blah, blah. And so um, this poll somehow made its way to Newcastle Twitter. And naturally, Alan St. Maximin found himself in the finals. Which, hey, agree with that or not, if you think, you know... Alan St. Maximin's a better youth prospect than Anthony Martial or uh, Nicholas Pepe. You know, you can debate that amongst yourself, but just know he was in the final. And uh, <laughs> he was in the final, and he uh, was up against Richarlison. Again, makes a little bit of sense. Richarlison, highly touted Brazilian, has now, this past season, has really proven himself as an actual key member after a pretty rough first season at Everton. So, whatever, that's the, that's, that's the, uh, the final and Newcastle fans are the person is not expecting Alan St. Maxman to win or St. Gucci Max, as we like to call him, because I mean, it's Richarlson. So, uh, <laughs> Alan St. Maxman is heavily winning the poll. He actually ended up winning the poll. Um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and he actually commented on, on the tweet, basically saying like, you know, covers his eyes, monkey emoji, like, when you vote on this, when when you ret- when you vote on this and, like, no one knows, something like that. Just basically making a joke that, like, he voted on this and retweeted it to, like, basically up his votes. And he Richardson, actually, like, I'm convinced he got mad. Richardson. Yo, yeah. Because then Richardson, <laughs> like, responded with, like, 
<laughs> a picture of him like bodying a Newcastle player that he thought was Alan St. Maxman, but was in fact Christian Atsu. And was basically saying like, hey, like, you're talking all this mess now, but like this is what happened when we played in real life. And it's like he's posted a picture of him bodying the wrong player. And uh, then I, I want to say, I forgot the player that um, Alan St. Maxman responded with because everyone was roasting with Charleston after this because, like, it's he basically posted a picture and said it was Alan St. Maxman, and it just wasn't. And so, like, Alan St. Maxman did one, and it was like, I remember the same, I remember when we went up against each other, and it was like Florian Lejeune or something that he had posted as himself and Richarlson. And it was just like, it was a lot of banter, and Richarlson then responded with, like, a picture of him holding up a trophy that, like, he really had no place in the, like, he was like a bench player for winning the trophy. It was, it was the, uh, it was with Brazil. What was, what's that South American competition that they, that they have that's just, like, amongst the countries? Is it Colomball, maybe? What? I don't remember. It was it was basically like him on the Brazilian national team, and it was some trophy they won in South America, blah blah, blah et cetera, et cetera. But he really wasn't a part of it. So yeah, that is that's the TLDR. It was just a funny moment in Twitter. Um, Alan St. Maxman then again proves that he's probably one of the best players in the world at Twitter. Yeah, um, I'm yeah. starting to take. The, I'm starting to like actually strongly believe that. Like in terms of social media, he's really good. It's like him and Peter Crouch are like the two guys that are really good at social media. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Peter Crouch. I, I'm like behind the times on him, and he's actually really good. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's he's hilarious. He's one of those guys. He's he's got Alan St. Maxman's got the like, hey, I'm hip. I know the memes. Like, I'm funny. That kind of stuff. And Peter Crouch is like the, hey, I'm just gonna make fun of myself. Like, just <laughs> complete self deprecation, yeah. and it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, All right. So actual news. Actual news. Premier, uh, Premier League, Jesus, we're, I'm losing it. Uh, Newcastle takeover. So, uh, pretty like dull as far as updates go. There's there's nothing concrete. Here's here's the deal, and it's still being reported by everyone. And the simple fact is, the deal is done. It's going to go through. Uh, there's just a, a delay. And there's one thing we haven't really talked about. Typically, two to four weeks is is what they say it takes for Premier League checks. Um, and they're basing that off solely off of what's happened in the past. Um, well, they're not basing that off the fact that COVID-19 has completely like upended the country. Like none of these meetings can be done in person. It's all remote. Like, so getting paperwork spread out, getting like, I'm sure like these, I mean, maybe the Premier League, like the people doing these checks are printing out all these pages and laying them on their tables in their living rooms with their kids bothering them. Or maybe they're just yeah. scrolling through pages. Like there's a lot of things that could add to this, but mm-hmm. also add the pressure of this and like, and the, the public attention it's getting, which is also, I believe COVID related. Uh, I think it's warranted, but it's also because there's nothing else going on. So many other people are talking, but um, I, I, and, and I guess what I'm saying is don't panic. Um, but uh, there's a report today that said it could go into next week. The yeah. whole idea is that it's going to be approved and the Premier League might even soften the blow by changing the criteria for upon next time. Because there's there's no legal way that they could 
decline it is basically what they're coming up yeah. with. Essentially, all of the concerns that they have, um, and this is something that they've done before with Gao uh, with Southampton was one of the last times they did it, was basically like Gao was essentially like breaking a bunch of laws in China and was like accused but not convicted of a lot of things. And so they changed some of the ruling behind like how they do checks in order in order to make it so like the Premier League kind of played judge jury um in the regards is like, hey, like you've been accused of this, even though you haven't actually been convicted of it. If it's something we think you actually did, we can kind of deny you, um, cert- like you know, the right to own a team. But like Greg said, um, COVID nineteen is really screwing this this whole thing up for everyone. Um, it's actually we we just talked about you know the whole restart plan and just basically how like Premier League wants to restart because obviously TV money. But there's a lot of clubs against it in the Premier League, and it's caused a wrinkle in the plans. Like that—that that is the priority. I think it's something the Premier League thought they could get done relatively quickly, yeah. because everyone wants to make money. But then when you consider, like, you have a lot of teams in that mid-table to bottom table where it's like, yes, we will make TV money this year, but we might not make it next year if the conditions aren't fair. Um, it's kind of shifted the attention away from this. Um, and there's some, uh, another thing that I that I've I've te- um, by the way, um, obviously if you, we've talked about Tifo football a ton on this podcast, mm, but if you haven't subscribed job. to that channel on YouTube, um, you should. They've just released a another video talking about this takeover, and they brought up an excellent point. Um, and it's partially with the Athletic. So whoever wrote the initial article about why Saudi Arabia wants to buy Newcastle, blah blah, blah they've brought this point up as well. Um, you know, you talk about, is this still going to happen? Is this still not going to happen? And one of the, the things to remember is that um, Saudi Arabia is a huge trade partner uh, with the UK. And I kind of wrote about this a little bit in, in my piece on Saudi Arabia and, and their human rights and stuff. And um, But TIFO kind of goes into more detail. And essentially, like, if the Premier League, because they're getting this public pressure to not let this deal happen, if they don't let this deal happen that could have implications for the UK and their trade deals with Saudi Arabia. We're talking about a country that until this past fall had been making over $5 billion, um, 5 billion pounds actually in revenue from Saudi Arabia because Saudi Arabia had been purchasing weapons and stuff from the UK. Like there's just a massive amount of trade that UK and Saudi Arabia have done. They're, they're really big trade partners. It's one of the UK's biggest trade partners is Saudi Arabia. So screwing up anything with MBS as bad of a person as he is, as awful as the things he's done, it's just not going to bode well for the premier league um, and not going to bode well for the UK as a whole. So again, I wouldn't be worried. Um, I would just take into consideration the fact that like we're in a weird time right now, and that's probably the biggest reason for all of the delays that we're kind of seeing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and also it could be a move for the Premier League, like, hey, like it, maybe it's done, and they're just like, let's just purposely drag this a bit. Just because like, a really bad look would have been approved this in two weeks. That would have been a yeah. really bad look. That um, would have been a for a lot of people. Look. That, that would have been a bad press. And they're trying to minimize that. So uh, I think we're still in a good position there. Um, I honestly think, uh, like, for for, this is my last point of this, I I think that whatever happens, I mean, I think the smartest move for Premier League, and I think that's what's going to happen, is you figure out how you're going to do the season, whether you're going to 
end it, whether you're going to do neutral sites or whether you're going to just say, hey, we're going to reexamine this in a month. Like even if they make some sort of actual statement, another statement, they've already made one, they make another statement kind of firming up what they're going to do. And then later on that week, they announce it because I just think, you know, you get that done and dusted and then you announce blah, blah, blah. And it also gives, like you said, it gives you that buffer, gives you enough time so that it doesn't seem suspicious. Yeah, exactly. Um, Just one more point on this. And then we'll go into maybe a little trivia and some questions. Um, so I was speaking to, oh, no, I'm going to forget his name. It's Pierre uh, of Lequip. And we will, I'll share this when it. Pierre of Lequip. <laughs> Pierre of Lequip. Uh, let's, Pierre Etienne Minuzio. Shout out Lequip. We, uh, we, because of how many French players we're linked to, we quote Lequip a lot. So shout yeah. out to them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, I spoke to Pierre about Newcastle United. He wanted to kind of get CHN Radio's thoughts about this whole takeover. And he, he ha- actually had some great – and he listens to the podcast, so thanks, Pierre, for that. Um, Shout out, Pierre. He he brought up some very interesting points, some of similar of what you and I said, Elijah, is like the, the whole thought process behind the morality of this. And if – I mean, honestly, I, I – I, Two is it two rash challenges the podcast? Yeah, yeah. So they actually we need to have those guys on because yeah. they've been really supportive of us. By yeah. the way, so they they're yeah. actually great. They they said on the article we posted on ComingHomeNewcastle.com, uh, they said save this link and if anybody tries to call you out for being a Newcastle fan and morals, just send them that link of the article that we posted on there, which we talked about earlier in the show, and and that's kind of summarizes Pierre's point. Like you can you can just as easily be aware of uh, what's going on in the world, like human rights violations from Saudi Arabia, just as you're aware that you just want Newcastle to be good. And you can separate those two things. And there is a world where you can, like people go to these matches to escape and all you want to know about is Newcastle United. So like it's, it's a completely perfect thing to separate. Um, Like there and some people have even asked, and Pierre and I even talked about this. Like, what if Mohammed bin Salman just says no women are allowed at Newcastle United? Well, like that's the stuff that will get us to protest again, and like that yeah. would probably be the first empty stadium at St James's Park, and also the UK government would just not allow that to happen. There's yeah. there's plenty of factors, but like like we're protected by the fact that the UK government is there, and like like it it they're not going to make that mistake. Like I, I, I'm very confident in that. Uh, the new ownership yeah. would not go down any of those roads. That like, and I told him like, you know, we loved Mike Ashley when Mike Ashley bought Newcastle. It the time it became a protest because he was using our club to advertise his business and not making us in turn good. Like if he was using us to advertise and we were in the Champions League every year, we'd care a little less. Like so, Man City or like PSG, so, where it's like yeah. those are clear. Like literally, one of the reasons Qatar has the World Cup besides paying FIFA, but is because like they've demonstrated that they have they they have a significant investment in football through PSG, and that it's been successful and that they care about football. Like it is, it's I mean, as messed up as it is, it happens. And like Greg says, you separate you know your passion and love for the club. From, you know, the regime that owns it or the ownership that owns it. And every other club does this. Let's not forget, like, every other club does this. Like, Manchester United fans, they love Manchester United and they hate the Glazers. Like, 
it happens. And I'm over it. I'm over Miguel Delaney. I'm over everyone. I'm over Oliver Holt. I'm over everyone. Just shut up, Richard Keyes. <laughs> Just like, it's over. Like, shut up. Talk about something else. All right. Let's shut up and talk about something else. We're going to take a break. We're going to go to some more lighthearted stuff. Uh, we're going to do that right now. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, Elijah. Mm. I'm going to challenge you a bit. You ready? Again, we're doing trivia. Yep. After how poorly it went last. <laughs> it's going to get – the first question is, is really hard. Uh, if okay. you get this, it's actually it, going to be impressive. But it is your era. It's your era. It's okay, hard. I will say this. Speaking on trivia, if you want to hear me do somewhat well at trivia, listen to the False Nines. I was on there podcast this mm-hmm. past week mm-hmm. greg i'm just an expert at plugging yeah. stuff that we need to plug yeah that's, that's my role here you're that's that is your expertise so here's what i'm plugging is this trivia and mm-hmm. an injury to rob elliott saw a home victory over chelsea in december of 2014 he was replaced by which newcastle goalkeeper that was also his debut Wow. Oh, man. Uh, Freddie Woodman. No. All right. Gert, oh, I mean, it's, it's a definitely respectable answer, but it's not Freddie. Yeah, I mean, I, I said Freddie Woodman, and then I realized, like, Freddie Woodman at that point would have been, like, 15. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would. Uh, <laughs> like, I said Freddie Woodman, I was like, wait, I feel like he's definitely not old enough to actually have made an appearance. Um, 2014. Yep. I like. Is it Carl Darlow? No, but that's that's what I would have said, honestly. Okay, well, I don't know then. Jack Almwick. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> you don't know who he, he. Well, I guess I'm not surprised. Um, me following the youth team, I, I know who Jack Almwick is, but uh, yeah, he's no longer in the picture. Yeah, I'd to say oh, for all you new listeners, Greg <laughs> knows a lot of new youth players. <laughs> I wonder, oh man, I don't want to say this, but I wonder if Elias Sorensen's going to be like, in a few years, going to be like that youth player that got away, like, almost uh, like a Rolando Aaron. Don't talk about it. No, I won't say it, I won't say it. Well, I already <laughs> did say it. it. Don't jinx it. No, I won't jinx um, it. <laughs> Alright, next one is, who scored the goal to give Newcastle victory on their first visit to New York Stadium back in October of 2016? New York Stadium. New York Stadium. Now, the first this two part question: Who? What is the club <laughs> that plays in New York Stadium? N- like New York Stadium. That New that's a New York Stadium. That cannot exist. <laughs> it, it like is. like in America. No. Okay. Okay. That that's where I was confused. I was thinking like I was like I know my American teams like in every sport, and no one plays in a New York stadium. <laughs> so this is a team that plays in New York Stadium in England. New York Stadium in England. Correct. I'll give Yorkshire? you one hint. They are definitely not in the Premier League. Yorkshire. Yeah. 
That, then that's my guess. Like, there's a team called Yorkshire. <laughs> it's Rotherham <laughs> United. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Yeah. So this person, this person in 2016 scored in the championship. Rotherham. It was Atsu. That's the answer. Oh. Okay. Oh, I guess I should have had you at least guess. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you told me to guess the team, and then you're like, then I'm like, all right, well now Gosh. I'll guess the player. I'm even bad at, at at this part of trivia. Okay. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, whoops. Uh, okay, so this is my last one. Uh, or okay. actually, well, I'll give you what. So these are kind of hard. I'll give you kind of an easier one. Um, so before making his senior debut for Newcastle United, Sean Longstaff. Spent time on loan. Which oh, clubs? Which two clubs were he loaned out to? My hint, one's in England, one's in Scotland. Gosh, I know this too because we we talked. You definitely talked about this. I want to say Elias Sorensen was loaned out to one of these clubs as well. You'd be incorrect. Okay, I'm wrong then. All right. Um, but you would be correct if you named a different Newcastle player. <laughs> No, yeah, there's still. I, I remember that Elias Sorensen was loaned to a club that another Newcastle player was loaned to. Again, no, it wasn't. It this. wasn't Sorensen, uh, but it was. There, there are other players that have. Been oh wait, wait, wait! Time out, time out. Okay, okay, all right. Um, so this this club is the English club is in League One right now. Is it Doncaster? No. I, I know you. It? I know you know nothing about English geography, but my second hint is Northwest. Oh God! Okay, okay, that's not a hint. That's just like, jeez. This is what happens when you give Americans a Newcastle podcast. Is mm-hmm. that like things that would help everyone? Like if Graham was on this podcast right now, he'd be like, "Oh, blah 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 blah." And I just yeah. don't. I don't know anything about. But hey. If I told if I told a British person to point out where Jacksonville is on a map, they wouldn't be able to do it. So I have that exactly. Um, so I'll give you the, the Blackburn. English. Oh, you're so close. Oh, you're so Birmingham close. City f- phonetically. <laughs> black, 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 yeah. something. Yeah, Blackshire, uh, Blackshire, black, Blackpool. Oh, Blackpool. Okay. Wow. <laughs> And the next club is okay. in Scotland, and also joining him Aberdeen on loan was Freddie Woodman. Aberdeen and no nope, Aberdeen, nope. <laughs> All right, those. I mean, I'm not. It's not Rangers or Celtic, it's so def- like definitely not. <laughs> I'm about to say those are the only other. <laughs> it was Kilmarnock. What you expect me to know that? Yeah, no, no way. No way. <laughs> All right, um, the last one, which is a little outside of your sage. Um, yeah. but again, people have to remember I'm 22. Yeah. Uh, we're, we were in the UFA cup in the Oh three Oh four season. Okay. Uh, Barely we made to it, talk. we made it to the semifinal stage and okay. our run ended against what mm-hmm. French side. That's a big hint. Obviously Ooh. I was going to say which side, but I figured I'd throw you a bone. <laughs> French side. Semifinals of the UEFA Marseille. Cup. Correct. Bam. Got it. Olympique Marseille. Um, yeah. Uh, the only reason I knew that up. was I, I feel like there was something that I came across that talked about. It was like a random article that talked about like such and such during Newcastle's exit <laughs> against Marseille. And I was like, oh, interesting. Didn't know oh. we played Marseille. <laughs> so interesting. All right. Um, so that's trivia. Let's go to questions. 
Oh, yeah, and we've got a fair bit. Um, shout out to the new followers for contributing some questions. Uh, yeah, always. Uh, some questions for you. Uh, let me pull them up. Okay, if you had to pick one of these prolific strikers to lead the line, who would you choose? Cisco, Luke, Riviere, or Kuki? Man, uh, this one actually was pretty tough, and I wanted to go to Riviere because I watched the whole Riviere saga. But I'm going to go Cisco because <laughs> he plays at a he he not plays he played at a club that I must respect due to the the caliber of player that they've brought in um, recently. He played at Deportivo Alves. He was loaned there from Newcastle, and as you know, our podcast is and our site's favorite player, Hasalu is at Deportivo Alves, so I'm going to go with Cisco. It's it's definitely Shefki Kuki, in my opinion. I mean, he had the goal celebration where he would score and he would just, like, all like all limbs would be out and he would just dive on the ground. <laughs> like, uh, it was, like, the most, like, I'm the most badass person in the world, and then you look at his goal-scoring record and be like, why are you doing that, bud? <laughs> um, but he also has prolific English football experience. Uh, Newcastle, uh, Ipswich, Blackburn, Sheffield, Crystal Palace, Fulham, Swansea, and Oldham Athletic he played for. So the man has been through England. Uh, yeah, but Cisco is a Spanish striker, and so is Hoslow. Mm, so and it is Hoslow. Shout yeah, out the to greatest goal scoring no. record in. Wow, I just said shout out to Greg. Shout out to Graham, who purposely didn't put Hoslow because I would choose Hoslow. <laughs> but I found a way to make it Hoslow related nonetheless. So boom. Yeah, I got and you that, there, bud. And I didn't mention this, but that was question was brought to you by the one, the only Graham Bell. Follow him yeah. at Graham Bell underscore NUFC. Another great writer, by the way. Another great writer. Um, Next one is from ultra-pessimistic NUFC fan, which I like. They they should probably get more followers. Uh, So follow them at NUFC UNE14ST. Maybe should they change the handle. Um, Mm -hmm. But he asked, (laughs) what in the chuff are you going to talk about? Stuff. So just you're at this point. Just uh, you, if you can't answer it, just rewind. (laughs) But I like how he's pessimistic, and like that's pretty great. Uh, Next one, LL at chasing underscore rabbit. When's the takeover going through? You know my. You want to know my honest? Okay, uh, here's my exact date. Um, wait, here we go. Because I have a inclination that it's going to be on a Friday. So what's next Friday's date? Like, not this Friday, but next Friday. It is the 8th plus 7th. 15th. 15th. May 15th. You heard it here. Bundesliga returns and Newcastle United is announced as taking over. Okay. Um, I just think that – and and a couple things. And, like, this is me being serious. Um, A couple things. One – I think by then there will be enough discussion on because there's supposed to be a follow-up meeting this Friday, um, the eighth, about you know what to do as it pertains to uh, the new, you know, sorry, doing a Premier League restart. Um, so I think there'll be a significant update as to you know what that looks like, and so like we said earlier, there's enough time in it, you know, in between you know news and all that kind of stuff, and there's going to be an update that you know. They've had time to process, and they can announce blah, blah, blah. I just think it's going to be next Friday. 
I don't know. It's just a hunch. And, you know, I hope it is. Yeah. I really do. I mean, uh, I'm gonna that. I'm gonna say it's gonna be May 12th, the day we record this podcast next week. Making it easy on us, so we can <laughs> just do a one emergency. Podcast yeah, we just knock like... it out. Um, all right, next one is from Bucky Mac at Mac Bucky. Uh, he says, having a hard time justifying being excited about the takeover. I know it's out of my control, but I still feel a bit guilty for looking forward to the new regime, knowing where the money comes from. Any similar thoughts? Uh, we've we've covered this. It, you know, like, and, and it's completely fine that you feel that way. And I know there's people in this world that, that they aren't Newcastle fans, but... Look, from what I've seen at least, but that they will not be rooting for Newcastle United if this takeover goes through. And that's fine. Like, completely in the right. Um, we will be. I'm speaking for both of us, Elijah. But it's completely yeah. fair to have these concerns. And, like, there's – I don't think there's a right way. I don't think there's a wrong way. Well, the wrong way would be, like, Saudi Arabia is the best country in the world. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I love Saudi Arabia. Like, they do everything the right way. Go Newcastle, hey, away the lads. Like, maybe the that's Saudi the Saudi flag in your, in your Twitter name. That, yeah. If you've got the Saudi flag in your Twitter name, I'm sorry. I'm judging you hard as fuck right now. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so like, there's definitely wrong ways to go about it. Um, and like we talked about, there, it's, it's fine to even have both sides of this. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of where feel, we lie. Yeah, don't feel like... It has to be one or the other, and unless you do, unless you do feel like I don't know, there's no. You just have to do how you feel, like what's whatever's true to you here. It's it's tough to tell people what to expect or what to feel. In this yeah, situation. and and I do think it, it's a it's a weird situation to to be in. I would say this: don't put too much pressure on yourself. You have to understand that, like one, the world's a messed up place first and foremost. Like it's hard pressed to find any sort of organization or group that it's without fault um and so i think that's the first thing to consider is that you know even our own country being americans like we love our country we think america is the greatest country in the world blah blah blah. but america has its faults the uk has its faults and you can talk about human rights issues as one of those i mean I don't want to get into it, but America bombed and killed a lot of innocent individuals in the Middle East. And, like, you know, that's just something that we have to live with. And, you know, Saudi Arabia, it's the same situation where, you know, they've done a lot. And, I mean, a lot of bad things. But it's really up to you as to whether or not you take that into consideration and whether or not you want to separate politics from football. And it's a very hard discussion. It's something that you have to really think about and i think greg and i have both had a lot of discussion about it we've thought about it a ton and we choose to celebrate politics for football we choose to look at newcastle as an escape from the rest of the world and the rest of society as a whole and that's kind of how we view things so it's it's kind of a messed up way of looking at things if you really think about it but it's how we do it and i mean honestly it's up to you to decide whether or not you want to do the same yep well said thanks for that elijah uh two more questions this okay. one's from Will Watson at Batman's Milkman. The goat could, yeah, the man. Um, could we see the MLS returning with fans sooner than we see the Premier League resume without fans? That's a very good question. Jesus, man, yeah. that's actually a tough one. Wow. I Ugh. think uh, so. I'm saying no. 
I think we will not see MLS return with fans before we see Premier League return without. In my opinion, I, I don't think we'll see MLS with fans until the following season. Or, or I'm playoffs. Go. Playoffs. I'm going to go against the earliest. you. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go against you because um, this, is, this is America. Mm. Um, we are not the best of decisions mm. in general. America. America. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, like... I mean, we're pretty good know. at decision-making. I mean, American football, NBA, yeah, I mean, ML. Right. I mean, like, we have a lot of great decisions that we've made here. I'll, steroids. I'll say this. Like, I mean... <laughs> steroids. Chewing tobacco. Like, come on, man. No. <laughs> I'll say this. I, I do think that, um, if you're looking at it, I think that morally, like, if you look at the two countries i've i want to believe that the uk takes things slightly more seriously than america does slightly and greg's profusely nodding his head no but and i say slightly because i like like uk's in a sense is is in a state where there's like there's capitalism with hints of socialism in there like you've got the nhs all that kind of stuff america is still purely capitalism and so if there's a way to still make money, they're going to do it. Like, and so that's my thought is that like, even if the risk is like, even if the risk is there and it's, you know, it's, it's fairly large, I think they'd still be like, Hey, we can still make money off of ticket sales. Let's, let's actually, let's, let's have fans. And so I'm, I'm, I'm in that boat. I mean, the MLS has not really shown me that they're going to like take this seriously. Like I said, like we said earlier, I mean, they're resuming training in, in a lot of places where, for example, Atlanta, where COVID-19 is not being handled well. And there is like a very high risk that players can get infected, but yet the MLS is still deciding that they want to do so. So they want to, you know, continue with it. So, I mean, I just don't trust America or any American organization to put, um, the lives of humans above capitalism. So I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, the MLS will return with fans before the UK like does anything. Yeah, no, well, I'm interested to see what happens with that. Uh, we have our, <laughs> What's messed up is that I'm definitely going to consider going still. Like I'm gonna, hey, like it's really messed up. Is like I'm going to like I'm a huge Atlanta United fan, and I'm gonna I will say it out loud to the public. If they say in July, hey, you know you can use your season ticket and sit in the supporter section in July, and like no one else in the world is doing it, I'm probably gonna still like you know sit in my seat in July. Yeah. It's That's fine. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's a matter of opinion, but I'm in a similar boat than you. Uh, as you, I mean. <laughs> yeah, Very okay, similar. there we go. Yeah. I'm just, hey, that's the American in us. What can we say? Yeah, yeah. All right, we have one last question. Oh, okay. You ready? Because it's a blast from the past. I'm about to say, like, I actually haven't looked at any of these questions. Like, Greg has done a good job and has looked at the questions, but I'm in the dark. It is from the official questionnaire of CHN Radio. No way. Trevor Trevor Mooney, and he says this. Okay. What would be your dream Cinco de Mayo date with Santiago Munez? (laughs) Which is... Is Santiago Munez even Mexican? Like... (laughs) No, he's... (laughs) 
what is he? I'm pretty. I'm looking this yeah, up. What, is he Chilean? Yeah. I I would imagine because no. Santiago is the capital of Chile. Uh, Santiago Munez is. Oh crap! I, we should know this. Okay, I'm looking. He's, he's Mexican. No, he is Mexican. Yeah. It says it says the plot is Santiago Munez is a Mexican illegal yes, immigrant living yes. in a barrio section of Los Angeles. All right. Wow. So, okay. So shout out to Trevor he, because I yeah. didn't know that. He's <laughs> So what would you be your dream date, single de Mayo date with Santiago Munez? Okay, the, well one of the greatest Newcastle players of all time. Yeah, so um I think that like traditional tacos from a hole-in-the-wall Mexican restaurant are, like, the best things you could eat taco-wise. Yo, you cannot be more correct. I, thank you. I, I just, like, I've had a ton of tacos in my time. Um, I live in the South. Tex-Mex is a thing. And I've lived in cultures, like, in, and not cultures, but in cities where there's a large Latino population. And the best tacos you can get are hole-in-the-wall Mexican spots. So, that is it. We go to a hole in the wall Mexican spot. You know, we eat our tacos. And then after that, maybe we go to a public space that's outdoors. You know, it is a nice time of the year. And right now in Georgia, it's about 85 degrees, 84 degrees with a nice breeze. And we just sit and we talk about just like how great it's going to be when Newcastle United are taken over by the for, Saudis. For any UK listeners, uh, 85 oh. degrees is like 29 to 30 Celsius. Yeah. Oh man, Celsius is not a real measurement, but yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's me. It's hole in the wall Mexican spot, a hundred percent. If the menu is in Spanish, I'm in. Yeah. If the, if I can't read the menu, then yeah, you got me. That's gonna yeah. be good ass tacos. <laughs> so I I actually I texted Trevor after this because more of just pure excitement that he's back. But he's he told me Happy Cinco de Mayo and he sent me a picture. Of mayo in a sink, or Cinco de Mayo, and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's that, great. That's amazing." Uh, he told me to, that I could use that joke, but I was like, "No way! I have to give you credit for it." Um, so the dream date for Santiago would be a little different for me because, I mean, he's had the most bomb tacos in the world. He's hot. Yeah, so I, I would, fair. I would, that's fair. I would give him a little bit of a different experience. Oh. You know, Italian. Take them to Applebee's. Show them the oh. truth. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you caught me off guard with that. <laughs> take them to a so, take them. <laughs> take them to Get a true the American meal. A true oh, American man. meal of Applebee's. Five dollar margs, dude. Applebee's, Applebee's five dollars like, sugared margs. <laughs> I'm about to say, like, if you're wanting to get messed up, like, if you want to, like, not remember a night, go to Applebee's Bruh, because if you... for some reason they've just decided that like alcohol should be less than ten dollars, uh, and they've just gone all in on that. If you want to be a beekeeper, just go into Applebee's, order any cocktail, walk outside because you're gonna be full of sugar. Like literally every animal and bug will attack you, and you'll you're gonna feel like absolute trash for the next like three or four days, no matter what you eat or drink there. So like I would I would give him that true authentic American experience of Applebee's. That's so great. Yeah, yeah. Because imagine the drink specials at Applebee's on Cinco de Mayo. I mean, <laughs> incredible. Gonna be insane. <laughs> All right. Well, Elijah, do you have anything else? 
No, man. I mean, I think we've covered all the random, you know, crap that you could cover with Newcastle today, yeah. man. You Somehow know, we're just... taking these podcasts to over an hour. Like, we're killing it. <laughs> yeah. I'll just say this. Um, I'm super excited to see everyone at the Zoom party. Um, shout out to the new folks who've just followed this account. Um, we've had a, a couple banger tweets. Greg had a wonderful tweet he put out today about uh, Akraf Lazar, wrong answers only. So comment on that if you haven't. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm I'm just excited for the future of this podcast, the future of this channel, the future of everything. It's dope, and I'm super pumped. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure talking to no one. Again, hoping that someone will listen. Um, that concludes episode 128 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. That's the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. And away the lads. Away the goddamn lads. Love you guys. If you never win the club again, I'll pray the dark at St. James's Park if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Geordie and to live in Geordie land. Some people think we're 40 and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self pity. And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wedding I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the river Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing hitting how we I'm coming home, Newcastle. I may as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dark in St. James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home.